If green is your favorite color or your way of living, then Grounded is the place for you. From big environmental solutions to your own backyard, wherever in the universe you may be, join me, Melanie Walker, on a journey to a cleaner, greener life. Grounded, your window on the environment. And a very warm welcome to it. Yes, this is Grounded with me, Melanie Walker. And today we're, we're talking about something that <laughs> love being grown in the garden and most people love as well, but sometimes they have issues with them. I know that we have spoken about bulbs a lot in the past because it's one of my passions. And we have spoken to this gentleman a number of times before. But it's, you know what, there's nothing wrong with having a bit of a, a refresher course in case you have never, ever grown bulbs before or if you want to take it that one step up. Of course, we have the, I hate to use the word doy, because I always think of it as being like a, a female, but one of the top, top people in South Africa to talk about bulbs. And it's Charles Barnhorn from Hadeco Bulbs. And thank you for joining us again. Thank you, Melanie. Hello. Hello. Okay. So first of all, people get hold of you and us about all the problems they have with bulbs. What is the biggest problem that you have always coming through that people get wrong? So we want to talk about what we get right and what we get wrong. But what is the thing that everybody seems to get wrong right at the start? Hmm. So I think bulbs are easy. And the one thing, though, that does complicate it is the watering, I think. Mm. I think a lot of people, when they first try bulbs, they either don't water them at all, which obviously the bulbs are not going to take well to. Like me. Like you. (laughs) (laughs) And then the exact opposite, where people will water them too much and, and too often. And bulbs are adapted, unlike many other plants, bulbs are adapted to withstanding adverse conditions mm. and and getting through tough times and for that reason that's why they're swollen they have the um, the storage ability for both moisture and nutrients and that means when it comes to watering specifically they only need to be watered once or twice a week and down to root level and in between that time they're actually sucking up and storing moisture in between mm. so for, for a lot of other kinds of plants you might want to water a little more often the root systems can be more shallow um, the storage ability less but with bulk um, it's a slightly different technique to the watering, and in fact, actually easier. Yeah, I mean, but we we have so many people going. Oh, I've never grown bulbs before, and you're going to probably think this is a stupid question. And I often think, well, please send us as many of your stupid questions as you can think of, because to us, they're not stupid. Because if you've never grown them before, you have no idea. So there's no such thing as a stupid question when it comes to gardening, is there? Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, every environment is different. I'm sure you find the same, Melanie, but I'm constantly learning as well from gardeners, from other gardeners. Mm. And every environment you have is a bit different. And that's, for me, part of the joy of gardening is 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 watching how the plants react to the way that you care for them. And mm. it's, you know, to, to some extent, the plants are reliant on, on what you give them, um, be it the, the water or, or the position in regards to sunlight, especially, and, and obviously to the feeding as well. And one of the things about bulbs, when you get a bulb, um, whether it's your neighbor giving you some bulbs or whether you've bought some bulbs at the garden center, they should already come preloaded with the embryo flowers um, that that first season should be practically bulletproof. You, mm. you should just need to give them, a, as I say, watering once ground, or twice a week. Give them some water yeah. and there you go. And the flowers are already inside the bulbs, so they should just pop out um, at the appropriate time. So what is it then that people are doing wrong apart from um, not watering correctly? Because, I mean, that is one of the things that people will come to you and go, this hasn't flowered. Do you think it's because people are just in, impatient? That's one of the big factors, definitely. I think people expect instant color. Mm. And the thing about bulbs is you need to put them in the ground and then they'll flower at the right time. 
and and quite often with bulbs they they spend their first few weeks putting down the roots and they react to temperature so if winter bulbs are planted a bit early they'll wait until the soil gets cool mm. and that normally happens around april or may in most parts of the country once the bulb feels for lack of a better word once the bulb feels the temperature cool off in the soil it'll then put down the roots and it'll spend the next few months putting up leaves and in most cases, the flowers come months later. And a lot of people are impatient. I've, I've heard it quite often where people say, you know, my bulb didn't flower. And um, so I dug it up to find out what was happening. And meanwhile, they only planted it about a month or, or six weeks before. And But that's the rooting time. So you do need a certain amount of patience. And of course, that patience is rewarded in the case of winter bulbs with a massive display of, of um, flowers in the springtime mm. um, or, or in the weeks leading up to spring. Would you advise people to, if they are worried, dig up the bulbs? Or should, like I, I usually say, okay, fine. If it hasn't come up, just leave it where it is. Because if it didn't come up yeah. this year, then it will probably come up next year. Because that's what happens in my garden. But then, you know, I'm a fairly haphazard gardener. But everything works. Yeah. I mean, my my bulbs come back, and if I remember to water them or feed them, they're very lucky. So they they're kind of quite used to my conditions, <laughs> and I think they do become acclimated towards what you do with them oh, eventually. Definitely. Yeah. But it's one of those cases where you sit and go, ooh, I'm sure I planted some of these there. And then you sit and think, hang on, when should they be flowering? Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I think that's important with any plant you have. It's it's important to understand where in nature, where in the world they come from. And and even if they're indigenous to South Africa, figure out do they come from the Western Cape or mm. to the high fields or, or which part of the country? Because that'll tell you a lot about not just what they expect from you and their conditions, but also about how they're going to behave and when they're going to flower. But typically a bulb doesn't like to be disturbed in its active time. So for winter bulbs, that's the winter months, obviously. Mm. And, and in fact even into early summer. And for summer bulbs, they don't like to be disturbed in the summertime, of course. Um, but having said that, all bulbs in, in their dormant time are actually very, very good at being disturbed and transported, um, which is how we, as, as a business, transport bulbs all around the world. Uh, we always do it in their dormant time. When they're sleeping. When they're sleeping, yeah. Shh, <laughs> tiny bulbs are sleeping. But it is one of those things. I sat there and I thought, oh, hang on a second, when are my dahlia supposed to be coming up? And then I sit and think... Okay. Oh, we're only in February. And I remember from yeah. a couple of years ago that I have pictures of me in the garden when we went into lockdown and we were first being allowed to go out to shop. And my dahlias were in full flower then. And that was kind of towards the end of March. So people are sitting there and thinking, well, I planted my dahlia bulbs in October, November. Why are they not flowering? And I'm sitting there thinking actually the same, but I was very late with planting mine this year. I forgot that I had them, which is terrible. So I planted them in the ground, even though they had really started like shooting and everything, and they're all flowering amazingly now. And we're talking like we're now in March. Yeah. That for me is one of the big joys about dahlias. They they tend to flower in the back half of summer and into the, into early winter, which it gives the most incredible display mm. um, at a time when a lot of the other plants are kind of finishing their glory. Um, but, but dahlias take a very long time to respond to that heat in the soil. And again, it goes back to, to their nature. They're from Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, they, they obviously have long, hot summers in, in the areas that they originate from. And I normally recommend to plant them late as well. Um, because planting them too early, September, October, um, means that the dahlias are sitting there in the soil without being actively in growth. And that, that can be fine, of course. Bulb, bulbs are adapted mm. to being in the soil uh, while dormant as well. Um, but if you have excess rainfall, like we've had around the high felt in particular um, this past summer, and if the soil is, is not well draining, 
um, a dahlia would respond by potentially rotting in that time. Well, I think One, most bulbs will do it if you give them too much exactly, water. Yeah. Exactly. And on the other hand, bulbs are much more resilient when they're in their active time. Um, if they're actively growing, they, they can make use of that water or, or mm. sort of grow around it, let's say. It is one of those, I keep saying it's one of those things because I, I keep thinking about all these people who send us pictures and they're like, why is this not growing? Why is that not growing? Why is this not flowering? And then I see some pictures from people who post on social media and I sit and I'm like, you've got this amazing array of amaryllis, you know, the hippiastrum. Okay, as we should call them here, yeah. because they're not actually more complicated amaryllis. name, yeah. but more correct. But we'll talk about the amaryllis belladonna and various um, things that are happening with them shortly. But the, I sit there and I look, and I'm, is this flowering now? And the guy will go, yes. I'm like, how are you still carrying on with your amaryllis flowers from when they, mine's were flowering in July, August? Okay, the fireworks which came up. Then I had some other ones that came out towards the end of the year. At, and then they kind of died back. But now with the extra rain that we've had in February, the leaves have all come back up again. And I know a lot of people would have like, oh, those leaves are dead. I'm going to cut it down. Of course, then the bulb has no no way of making food for it for the next season, yeah. which is one of the other mistakes that people make, which we, we should talk about. And he's actually he's playing with his plants so he keeps yeah. them in specific conditions and then brings them out so he has this longer flowering period but then it kind of makes everybody else think well here's a flowering why aren't my flowering yeah. now yeah exactly and th this really goes back to what the Dutch toyed with and came up with the, these incredible techniques of forcing and holding mm. during the 1600s 1700s and 1800s and that's how you can have tulips as cut flowers. You can buy them most months of the year. Lilium, uh, you know, the like St. Joseph mm -hmm. lilies, you, you can buy those every single week of the year. And, and that has to do with the forcing and holding techniques that cut flower growers use. And to some extent, you can play with that at home. You can get your amaryllis to flower in, in February or March or later um, by holding them back in the fridge. Or you can get them to flower in earlier, let's say July, by forcing them, by giving them, in the case of summer bulbs, earlier warm temperatures th mm. than, than the outside environment. But you have to know what you're doing. It can get quite tricky, and it can have, obviously, adverse results as well. Yes, like so, it doesn't do anything, which is problematic. Yeah, so, some are easier than others, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and normally holding is, is easier. So in the case of a winter bulb, you would keep them warm, plant them out a bit later, and you, you will get slightly later flowers. If you hold them for a month, you'll only get the flowers a week or two later. The bulbs try to catch up and try to adjust. Okay. Um, I don't believe in doing any of those things. I plant things and they come through. Now, some of the interesting things we're talking about, amaryllis, we're talking about nerines, okay, is that there are some new varieties which have popped their heads out absolutely. of the soil, which I'm absolutely loving. And I know we're talking about summer bulbs at the moment. We will be talking about winter bulbs. But the one that I'm absolutely loving are the amarines. Yeah. What is that all about? I mean, is that's a belladonna, amaryllis belladonna cross, isn't it? With a nerine. Yeah. So it's between two different genera, actually, which is quite unusual and mm. quite special. And, and those crosses originally were made about 35 years ago and have been improved upon since. But of course, the result is that we have the best of both worlds. And nerines 
anyway are, are spectacular, mm. as are Amaryllis. They're, they're and, and quite, quite fussy. Different. I wouldn't say that, no. Oh, come on. Everybody says, you know, if you want to grow something um, that's not going to, that you're going to get good results, don't grow a Nareen because they say they can be quite picky. <laughs> they can be little kind of like madams and, and like, I don't feel like doing this. And I, I think that's, that's where some of the improvements has come in as well. So that's why the, the Amaryllis yeah. is actually better because you yeah. don't have to be no. as finicky. Exactly. They're, they're hardier um, than their sort of ancestors, let's mm. say. And um, they also have bigger flowers and, and are more spectacular. They also have very long flowering times as well. And that, that's the joy of breeding with flowers. We, we constantly try to get to better and better and more interesting types of flowers too. And on nareens, we have quite a lot of different species of nareens and selections of nareens that are coming through over the next few years. And again, indigenous, they'll come back for you every year, provided mm. that they, provided you don't cut the leaves back early, as you mentioned before. That is the thing. That, and that a lot of important. people sit and they say, oh, should I lift my bulbs? I'm like, in South Africa, why? There's no need to. Yeah. And that, that kind of habit has come out of um, ex- intense climate countries such as England, Holland, the States, mm. uh, where they have extremely cold winters. Um, and also certain bulbs, we, we've got that mentality from places that have extreme summers. But here, of course, in South Africa, we, we have quite a mild climate and a, a very favorable climate to bulbs. It's it's no coincidence that South Africa has the most bulb species of anywhere in the world naturally. Because mm. we're just awesome. Yes. And so are our plants. Okay, so when would you suggest to people that they'd lift bulbs? I mean, for me, if anybody asks me, I'd just say, if you have not very good soil. Yeah, so if it's, if your soil is not well draining, um, that's one example. Another example would be if, if you don't have the space. You can normally plant winter bulbs over your summer bulbs in beds mm. and vice versa. But if you're limited to containers and you need to change the soil, you may as well take the bulbs out in their dormancy um, that you can use the containers again in the opposite season. But generally, um, you should leave bulbs in the ground in this country. And leave the leaves on until... Yeah, leave the leaves on. <laughs> the, the bulbs will actually tell you when the leaves can be cut if mm. you want to do that. Um, and it, it, the, the first signs are a yellowing of the leaves at the right time of year. So in the case of a winter bulb, that's November and into December. As the heat comes and the bulb feels it getting warmer, it'll start to discard its leaves Although the amaryllis I still have in my garden, as I said, the leaves died right back and now they've started shooting out again. So what's that all about? It's because we had too much rain. Too maybe? much rain. And so then the bulb sacrificed its leaves, looked after itself. Once once the adverse excess rain period mm. was over, it pushed the leaves back out again. Um, so that's why I say you, you should look for the signs at the right time of year. And in the case of winter bulbs, that's as summer's really kicking in. In the case of summer bulbs, it's once winter's really kicking in. And you see the yellowing followed by browning. And what we do as well to test when the bulbs are ready for mm. harvest, uh, we look for those signs. We withhold watering as the signs start to show. And then we also tug on the leaves. We, we take and thumb, thumb and forefinger. Yeah. Pull the leaves. If the leaves want to come off and the bulb wants to release the leaves, that's a sign the bulb's already gone into dormancy. And in the weeks leading up to that, what's happened is that the energy, the nutrients and the moisture from the leaves got drawn back into the bulb and the bulb fattened itself up for the for the dormancy. Okay. So now we're going to talk about winter bulbs because, of course, we are actually in between seasons at the moment. So there's not much um, going, although the pre-orders are open for people who want to get their order into they don't miss out on getting 
yeah. bulbs, the winter bulbs. Why do we talk? Why do we call them winter bulbs when they actually mm. mostly come through in spring? Why wouldn't we call them spring bulbs? Yeah, and that's. I mean, both terms are correct. So, spring flowering bulbs is probably the most correct way of looking at it because mm. most of them flower around spring. Obviously, daffodils start um, quite early in August, along with hyacinths. But most of the particularly indigenous um, winter bulbs or corms, rather, such as Ixia, Spiraxis, Watsonia. Babiana, um, they, they all flower in springtime, September. But, and this is key, they're winter active. So you would plant them at the beginning of winter. Mm. They use w- winter time to, to gather up um, the sunlight on their leaves and, and sort of maximize their potential. And so the watering time and the care time is, is important during the winter. And, and the feeding time is when they finished flowering. Correct. Although you can feed through the winter, the most important feeding time is is after the flowering. So in the case of spring flowering bulbs, your most important feeding time is September, October and into November. And the reason for that is because these corms or bulbs need to replenish themselves from, from the, the current flowering time, fatten themselves up for the dormancy coming and, of course, need to make their embryo buds for the following season. Um, because mm. the flowers in most bulbs are made at least one year before, sometimes more. But when it comes to the indigenous varieties from the Western Cape, floristic kingdom, as we always like to talk about, <laughs> we, we Gautengas will always have a go at the Cape Tonians hmm. about this, I'm afraid to say. So those would be the Ixios, Tritonias, Spiraxis, yeah. Babiana. What, yeah, Babiana, Watsonia. Okay. All of those. They have winter rainfall. Correct. What about the people in the rest of the country? Yeah. So, I mean, you, so you can grow all of those examples on the high felt perfectly well because we have the cold conditions that they're looking for. We have generally nice soils. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of sunlight, which they enjoy. The one thing that's lacking on the high felt would be the water. So if we simply supplement with a bit of water uh, once or twice a week down to root level, then the bulbs are getting exactly what they're looking for in nature. Most people don't understand what down to root level means, though. They sit and think, yeah. oh, well, the, you know, the bulb's this big. I've planted it that far underneath the yeah. ground, so I'm going to water and hopefully it'll get down there. But the root level's even further down than that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's very useful to look at a, a diagram, a cross section that shows a few months after planting how deep the roots have gone down. And mm. it really can be quite deep, um, even up to 30 centimeters below where you planted the bulb. But that's going to need a lot of watering. It's quite a lot of watering at a time. Um, but then obviously you can not water for a few days. Um, and in fact, the bulb itself likes to dry back in between watering. Mm. The roots, on the other hand, that are much deeper down, prefer to remain moist the entire time. But not sitting in a puddle of but water. But not underneath. sitting in a puddle of water. So if you've got bad soil or you don't have space, of course you can plant in pots. Which ones yeah. would you say don't plant in pots? What is the rule of thumb? I think you can plant any bulb in a container. Um, it just goes around the size of the container, of course. And most of the bulbs, be it winter or summer, do very, very well in containers. The, the golden rule about a container is it should have a drainage hole at the bottom. And if, if you have a saucer um, below that pot, just empty the saucer out 20 minutes after watering. But obviously, rule of thumb, the bigger the bulb, the bigger the container. But it also helps to look and see how tall they get. Because yeah. sometimes you're, like for instance, we just take a dahlia bulb. And the dahlia, well, it's not a bulb. It's a tuber. Tuber. Yeah. So you plant that and you've got it in the pot and it fits nicely into the pot. But you haven't looked to see, oh, hang on a second. That one is a really spiky cactus dahlia. Yeah. And the one sitting in my garden at the moment is two meters tall. So yeah. even though I could have planted it in a pot, 
it wouldn't be good in a little pot because yeah. <laughs> it's two meters tall. So what do you do in that kind of case if you've planted something which suddenly becomes really big and you've got it in a small pot and you don't have space for it? Well, <laughs> Just give up. You, you could obviously plant it out into the garden. Mm. Um, in the case of dahlia specifically, pruning is the answer. And actually regardless of, prune of this dahlias? kind of… Prune Absolutely. And, and I only knew about cutting out the center one so you get more flowers coming off the sides. You, you, you can prune them quite roughly and there are a lot of advantages to pruning. I've had my dahlias in flower um, on the high felt into late June. And one of, obviously, we didn't have frost um, mm. early in that season. But also what was happening was that I was pruning every month. And the, the general easiest way to do it is just to top off the top one third of the dahlia plants. After that, it's flowered? Uh, the flower again. Yeah, exactly. It actually stimulates more flowering. I have so, never done so this. You can cut flowers for the vase. <laughs> yes. Um, and then you can give a prune of the leaves. And it's also useful, like you would with tomatoes, you can prune out the, the lowest leaves as well, mm. particularly if they're showing any signs of yellowing or brownness. Or uh, downy mildew. Or downy mildew mm. also, yeah. And that helps, obviously, with increased ventilation, helps to reduce the disease that might be in there. Um, but it also invigorates the plant to, to, to grow more uh, leaves and also more flowers as well. Okay. And you can do that starting, if, if you've planted your dahlias, let's say in November, and they're flowering in February, start doing it already in about mid to late March, and then do it every month from there on. The latest pruning I would give is, is in May, though. Okay, so I'm going to have to remember now, put mental note, once the flowers have stopped, go and prune. But I'm loving it. I mean, at the moment, I've got decoratives in there. I've got my, my cactus. I'm just loving the shorter ones and the tall ones. Yeah. And, and, and of dahlias course, my lorines. Yeah, also. And dahlias, of course, are facing a resurgence of popularity I worldwide. Know. It's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, everybody thinks, oh, it's so old-fashioned, but they are the varieties. And yeah. some of the ones I see that are as big as my head, yeah. there's dinner plate dahlias. And everybody says, I want dinner plate dahlias. I'm like, okay, fine. What kind? Do yeah. you want a cactus dinner plate or do you want a decorative or do you want a pom-pom? Because it's not actually a dinner plate isn't a specific species. No, it's a category. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we are getting so many more varieties within all the different types of dahlias coming through every single season now. It's, it's really getting more exciting. I know. All right, back onto the winter bulbs. So yeah. what should we be looking at ordering now and when should we look at be, at be planting them? Because, of course, everybody's going, oh, daffodils, I can't wait for yeah. daffodils. And they're like, you know, even though we've only just hit autumn, supposedly. It's yeah. starting to feel it, I must say. Yeah, it is a bit cooler, but I mean, it's it's still hot. Yeah. Okay. And but the best is when you look at the people overseas, and they're like, plant. Oh, look, spring's here. I'm like, really? It's snowing. <laughs> Don't yeah. tell me it's spring. Okay, that's not happening right now. They, they, the they say the days are, are getting longer, like yeah, five hours. Yeah, five like, hours sunlight. Now. You've got like about yeah five extra minutes every single day, but but they they sit there and they're going, oh yeah, no, it's the right time to do this, that, and the other. But of course, it's impatient. Yeah. Again, I've got my bulbs. I'm going to put them in the ground. Yeah. So the, the bulbs are going to be on the shelves in about a week or two's time quite soon. Mm. Um, but obviously, it's too early to plant. So it's it's a great time to be buying them, to, to be stocking up, to seeing what's in the range. And then put them aside, like in a cupboard, somewhere warm, uh, well vent not warm, but room temperature rather, mm. well ventilated, and then wait for the right time. And the right time typically is around Easter, you can say. So during April... But hang on, Easter changes from Easter the year. Easter does change, but... Isn't this, it earlier this, season, this year? It's yeah. a bit earlier this year. Yeah. But w once you're putting on a jersey and the soil temperature has cooled in a stable way, mm. um, you know, that it's been cool for about two weeks already, um, then it's the right time to plant. And we can be quite versatile with that with most bulbs. 
except tulips, which must always be planted later because they're incredibly sensitive about having cold mm-hmm. soil. They need to have very, very cold soil. So all of the winter bulbs you can plant, let's say, last two weeks of April, right through May, mm. uh, but try and get them in before the end of May. Have we got tulips this year? Have we got more daffodils? Because I know there was yes. an issue a few years ago where, where during the COVID years, oh, it's a weird thing that we were already thinking back in the past with that, where the shipments and refrigeration units from overseas yeah. broke down. So we had a dearth of daffodils. Yeah. There, there have been all kinds of challenges with the daffodils in particular, very, very unfortunate issues around the shipping mainly. Mm. And we do rely on New Zealand nowadays for our daffodils because they have a, a, a very suitable cold climate for production of daffodils. Um, so we have a tremendously good range of daffodils this season um, and they will be released quite early also in about two weeks time and uh, tulips we will have but they'll only be released um, after their treatment mm. um, so it's a cold treatment it's, it's a cold treatment which it kind of gives them an artificial winter before their winter and and the advantage to that is they don't require as much of a winter in our gardens um, as they do naturally. Tulips, of course, originating from the Himalayas, mm. uh, foothills of the Himalayas, and they need very intense, long, cold winters, which we just don't have in South Africa. The treated tulips, however, only need about six weeks of medium winter, and then they produce the most incredible results in our winter time, which also means the flowering life mm. is, is longer. So t- tulips here will be planted around the end of June. But all of the bulbs that come out of Hideko are treated bulbs, aren't they? They're uh, not the ones that have been kind of like left, you know, if somebody had them in the back garden and you've dug no. them up and you're selling them. No, exactly. We, we've given them already um, something of a dormancy. Um, to give you an idea, the winter bulbs that, that you can find on the shelves um, in March – um, in the garden centers were actually harvested around November, December and have been through a whole load of processes in curing rooms and dormancy rooms back at the farm. So by the time they get to you, they're, they're completely ready to start their active season. But then some people will turn around and say, okay, fine. So you say plant my dahlias. I'm going back to the dahlias again. Plant my dahlias in late October, sometime through November. But the ones that I've had in the ground for ages already putting up green shoots kind of like in early October. So why should we not be doing the same thing with those bulbs every single year? Why do, if we leave them in the ground, you know, why do they have to be treated slightly differently? That's a good question, Mel. And it, it obviously depends from season to season as well. So what we're trying to do as well is is maximize the results even with unusual seasons. Mm. And some winters start earlier than others, some winters start later. And and the bulbs that are in, in the ground in your garden that are established will be reacting to, to soil temperatures in particular. Summer bulbs are stimulated by warm soil temperatures and winter bulbs by cold soil temperatures. But what can also happen, of course, and this is what we're trying to avoid when we give our planting times for the for the bulbs that are just released mm. and that you'll be buying in this season. Um, we're also aware of the fact that maybe the coming winter will kick off early. Let's say we get some really cold temperatures towards the end of March, but then in April we might get a few um, hot spells coming through. Mm. And that, of course, can challenge the bulbs. Established bulbs will normally push through and be okay with that because their root systems are already quite well established and they're used to the environment that they're in and have adapted to it. Newly planted bulbs are still putting down the new roots and are perhaps a little more sensitive compared to the ones that um, that have been in that location for a while already. Okay. Well, there's so many things that we could talk about, like you know, growing things on water. Of course, those you would use amaryllis. Mm, and you hyacinths. Would use hyacinths. You mm. would use paper white. Absolutely. Paper whites too well. So if you don't have a garden, you can do that. Yeah. If you don't want to use soil, 
And of course, I, what I'm always looking for is like, what are the new releases? Is there anything new coming out in your range? Well, in the winter bulbs, we, we have a widened range of daffodils, but nothing new in terms of an actual species. There, mm. There's a huge amount in the R&D program that we're working on um, for new releases over the coming years. Um, but for the coming season, I think we've got a very good wide range of all the old favorites. Um, a lot of the indigenous corms are available. And Dorbinia is starting to make a comeback. That That is the one that does come to mind. Dorbinia aurea, the jewel of the desert, um, we've made available in the past I think it's made its first appearance around 25 years ago. And um, there's a, it, it's it's a great example of how something can be rescued from the wild and then also introduced um, into, into gardens. Um, but it, it has not been available for the past few years. We've had some crop failures. Mm. Um, but we, we now have it back in limited quantities this season. And then from next season, we'll be back um, available everywhere, let's say. Okay, now that's one of the things, the questions we get a lot of the time. So you've managed to sort out the peony problem. So you can grow peonies now because, you know, they've been working with it and hybridizing so that they don't need the cold, cold, cold that you'd get overseas to get them to actually grow properly. But then people are going, but we want to have snowdrops and we want to have fritillaries and we want to have crocus and we want to have... Alliums. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. can't we have those? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they've got them overseas. Why can't we have them yeah. here? Why don't you do them? Yeah, and and all of those and, and a few more examples have become incredibly popular in in places that have long cold winters. So mm. I'm thinking England, the UK rather, Holland and the States, or the northern parts of of the States in particular. And that's also where we got a lot of our gardening culture from as well, um, in particular when, when we read their magazines. Now, of course, the reason that, that, that these types of bulbs have become so popular in those places is because those types of bulbs are so well suited to their long, cold winters, mm. which, of course, we don't have here. In particular, we don't have a long, cold spring. We, 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 we go straight from a mild winter, winter in, into, into full-on summer. summer yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and all of those bulbs, they, they need very cold springtime and beyond that also in order to get the the flowering good, but also to make the baby bulbs and the embryo buds for the following season. So even tulips are an example that are challenged by our Mm. um, by our short uh, winters which is why you don't have the tulip farm anymore correct exactly yeah it's you know we we, we, we've seen the effects of climate change um, on our tulip farm that it was no longer sustainable to produce tulips up there and and we had some other complications Mm. too but on the flip side we have a wonderful climate for humans and yes and we have a wonderful climate for so many other kinds of bulbs as well except when it comes to various things growing them in a pot you can grow anything in a pot except a human. I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see you try. So basically, if you want to have any of those particular varieties, you're going to need a really large walk-in fridge yeah. to be able to grow them and appreciate them. And, and a very complicated technique. To, yes. To, so you to, have yeah. to be like on your game. You need yeah. to have listened to Charles at least a thousand times to know what you're doing and then go and actually learn how to do more because, you know, normal gardeners just your common ordinary garden variety gardeners don't know these things all right so that's fantastic we can get all of these amazing things of course on the hideko website hideko.co.za yeah absolutely and then obviously of course the the garden centers and the retailers the building stores as always try and get your bulbs early in the season it doesn't matter to sit to to, to keep them in a cupboard or so, somewhere out of the garden until mm. planting time uh, but make make sure you get them before they sell out yeah 
And of course, if you want any information, do not go and just do a general search because then you'll get all the stuff from overseas and yeah. it's got no relevance to what we do here in South Africa. So on hadeco.co.za, yeah. you also have all the information that you need. Yeah. And of course, you have the most amazing research center, <laughs> the people who can answer all yeah. those questions. Contact us through Facebook or, uh, or, or get us through the, through yeah. the website or in- Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. Facebook, there's also the Hadeco Bulbs and Beyond group. Yes. Which has a, a lot of beautiful pictures of people growing stuff. So if you ever find that you're in trouble and you don't know what you're doing, there are so many resources to reach out to and don't hesitate to do so. Charles, thank you so much. Always an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Melanie. Wonderful to talk to you as well. And we'll be chatting to you again when we get into seeing what comes up for the summer months because we don't want to confuse people right now. So we'll do that a little later in the year. For the rest of you, get out into the garden. Don't forget to get your bulbs. Just take your shoes off. Walk around on the grass while it's still green, okay, before we get into winter. And above all, stay grounded. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another episode of Grounded from Solid Gold Studios in Johannesburg. For more green ideas and events, pop along to Mel's Treasures on Facebook. Facebook.